0: Alright, good morning everyone. Morning. It's good to see everybody's faces. not about you guys, but I've been getting a lot of sun in the last couple days. And uh, it feels nice to actually see the sun out. I mean, not that I wouldn't go in the sun when it's cold, but I don't really, I don't care much about the, the temperature. <laughs> as long as I'm outside. Anyways, um, yes, so today we are uh, we're continuing this series in Greater Things and we are in Part 8. And uh, I've kind of, didn't think about when I made this slide, I kind of cut the all out of there. So, I mean, today we have things. <laughs> we have things, but really it's all things. Um, so we, we were asked at the beginning of this, um, just about, like everybody has like a battle. Everybody has a battle that they've been going through. Everybody goes through life. Uh, it, when it comes to the Christian walk, oftentimes we a lot of us we we won't be doing it walking it well and i think a lot of us could attest to that and say yes no that's that's me to or maybe even today that might be you today just um not being able to walk well and this is what this the the this series is all about is understanding that we have all things we once you accept christ you get the whole package you know when you're sent on a journey with god let's just say just 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 for the sake of the example you have like hundreds of miles to, to walk and god doesn't just like oh go ahead son you can or daughter you can you you can make this this journey no he gives you a backpack a spiritual backpack with everything that you need and this is exactly what we need to to focus on christ for because we truly have everything that we need in him so the first verse the verse that we've been using is out of second peter Uh, and and the first couple verses in one, and I'll just use five and six here, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness. So last week we talked about perseverance, and it's about persevering. Um, in our walk with God, because when you look into uh, into the world and you see people persevering for their goals, whether it be in uh, successful businesses or uh, sports, a lot of people work hard to get what they to get what they want, right? You know, how much more so does God want to reward you and bless you when we persevere in Him? Yeah. And it's not just about like like we do get like a peace, a joy beyond understanding. And we do get what we need on this earth temporarily, but we, get, we have the ultimate reward, which is eternal life. But this, this perseverance is also for those things in us that hinders us, those things in us that are destructive to our souls and destructive to people around us. We can have victory over those things in our lives today. And if we only persevere in God, he is sure to answer and to reward you with your perseverance. And that's really essentially what we were talking about last week when uh, Doug was speaking, and today we are talking about godliness and what that looks like. Now, you know, one of the wonderful surprises about committing your life to Christ is discovering his cleansing power. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. When you invite him in, that is precisely when he begins to do a work in you. The Bible constantly speaks about Christ's ability to pur- purify his people. As we continue here, Jesus is holy, pure, and sinless. As you grow in him, he makes you uh, increasingly like him. That is the goal. It's been my experience that the more I grow with the Lord in the reading of his word and the pursuing and just positioning my heart where I can receive from him and just obey him, uh, there's this this desire, uh, this instinctive desire or yearning, I should say, for, for, for living an upright life which was not present before. Before I made that decision for Christ, I could not care less about living an upright life. It was not in my view whatsoever. Actually, I mean, I kind of, because I grew up in a Christian home, I knew that you know, that the standard of God is just so unattainable. Uh, you know, I thought that I could just justify my walk by making my own standard. So I'd make my own standard, which is really not a standard at all. But anyway, uh, I tried keeping that for a while and uh, it didn't really work or <laughs> uh, at all, period. I mean, I, it came to a point where I just was lowering that standard. Okay, I'll, I'll, I can keep this, I know I can keep this, I know I, I know I can do this. But eventually, that standard kept lowering until literally I, have no, I had no more standard to stand on. The, the thing is, flesh, our flesh is dead. Uh, death is, have, has no capability for the, uh, to, to desire the spiritual things. To, to be revived, we can't revive ourselves with deadness. It does not happen, right? So we must remember that it's not with our ability that change comes. It's through Christ. Amen. So the tragic thing today is that instead of an average Christian studying. Um, Diligently, God's word, so as to discover all the details of the divine will for him or her, we do almost anything in everything else. Many of us engage uh, engages in personal work or some form of Christian service while our own lives remain full of things displeasing to God. The presence of those displeasing things in His life hinders God's blessing upon our soul, body, and temporal affairs, and. Just because they're, don't get me wrong, when it's these things that displease God, like God cares and loves us so much, those things that displease Him are harmful to ourselves. They're harmful to other people, right? And God wants to see those things removed so that we could be all that we can be for, for the people around us, right? So that we can experience supernatural life and be free from these things that are hindering our walk with Him and with others, you know? So um, yeah, we need to be—we uh, t- uh, need to really grasp this: that God's commands uh, to us are actually given through the life of His Son in us. Consequently, to our human nature in which God's Son has been formed, His commands are difficult. But they become divinely easy once we begin to obey. Once we begin on that process, the question is: Will we obey? uh, God God always instructs us, but are we sensitive enough to hear his direction and then obey when he speaks? And uh, we have this verse here, if you wanna go to the next slide, uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. It says this here, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit in uh, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. We all have impurities and bad habits that are destructive in our lives. And sometimes we disguise it with good works. It happens, we do this. And I'll give you a perfect example of this. I remember when I I was first on this journey of uh, learning and beginning to walk with God. Um, And when I was at Summit, when I I spent two years in uh, International Bible School, and uh, because, because of my pride, I did not think that I had too many things that were displeasing to God. I did not think that I had too many things that were harmful to myself and others around me. And uh, I remember um, just convincing myself and others that I needed to go to New York to do ministry and stuff and serve God there, all these good things, right? To do good things at a church and stuff like like that. But what I didn't understand is that I would have been caught up in the busyness of ministry. I would have been caught up in a, bus- a business of doing uh, good works of, uh, of serving people without dealing with the issues in my own life. And we we could be stuck in that. And that's why we got to be careful. This is why we got to examine ourselves. You know. And again, because because of my pride, which was an issue that was that obviously needed to be worked on, I did not see a lot of the things that were. Uh, harmful to myself and others, and I would have completely missed it if I would have went to New York. And again, like I convinced myself and others that this is where I ought to be, this is where, because sometimes this is what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll see good things, they're good things, and we'll, we'll, we'll tag on God. But that's not where God wanted us to begin with. And that's, that's not God. God needs to do that work in, inside of us first. And he couldn't do that for me in New York because everybody is so busy. Everybody is, uh, everybody is so focused on what they're doing. And it's, it's go, go, go in New York. Nobody has time to stop. So I would have been stuck in that. And I would have been doing all these things. But inside, I would have been dying inside. I would have lost sight. I, w- I would have ended up in a miserable place. I would have ended up in a place of discontentment because I wasn't willing to see or see, or I wasn't able to see the things that needed to be worked in me for at first, right? So God sends me home, right? I remember my visa got denied. I was so sad. I was like, I was, <laughs> I literally, I was pouting. I, I was, it was so pathetic. I was, for, for months, it took me months to get out of that, that, that thing, and, and I couldn't be used by God because I was so down on myself. Oh, pity. I had my own little pity party because... I wasn't getting to experience what I thought God wanted for me, it, but it was really what I wanted. It had nothing to do with me whatsoever, but God, God is, is funny in the way that he deals with us. <laughs> I needed to be precisely here at this very moment when, after those two years because that's where I could really stand back. Uh, and and there's a lot of quietness and stillness And I I could still find things to keep me busy, but for the most part, here is exactly where I needed to be uh, so that God can start exposing those things in me that aren't from him. You know, and that's when I began to to grow little by little. God started to show me these things, like my pride, first of all, Uh, a lot of these other things in me, like my terrible communication skills, the way I responded to others. All these things had to come out. Like, imagine if I didn't deal with those things. I'm in the midst of New York, and I would have thought everything would have been normal. It would have been great, but everybody around me would probably think that, like, what's wrong with this guy? (laughs) God spared me that at least, so that's great. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, that's my example for that uh, specific thing. So if you would love to detoxify your soul from sin, guilt, fear, regret, and all the impurities that pollute your relationship with God, we need to position ourselves in such a way that allows God to work in us. Anything less than God will come up short. Anything that we can think of or go to, those things will all come up short. And I think we've experienced that dissatisfaction in doing the things that we think will help us in the long run, but they don't. They fall short, because it's not its not God doing, it's not God doing the work, it's us trying to do the work for God, which does not work. So, and when you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, you, you are forgiven made pure in God's spirit, and given eternal life. But growing in God's holiness is a lifelong endeavor. Let's make, that something, uh, let's make something clear first. Christianity is a way of life, and uh, following Jesus is not practicing certain re- uh, r- religious rituals or whatever. It's not coming to church. It's not being liked by the pastor or the community or, or being in full-time ministry or part-time ministry or serving in some sort of capacity. It's about following Jesus because the disciples could have easily just went on their own ministry journeys, right? Which wouldn't have borne any fruit, uh, no fruit would have came from it because Jesus wasn't there. So they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus just as we need to follow Jesus in that aspect. So um, yes, so many, uh, many take that lightly for lack of heavenly wisdom. Most of the believers do not want to come to a stage where they allow the Spirit to manage them completely. And I think we've all been there. I've been there. Like we'll say, we will say that, uh, yeah, I'm so willing for the Holy Spirit to do, uh, to, to expose things in me and, and I'm, I'm willing to be obedient. But when those things start to come... Maybe later. I'll deal with that later, Lord. <laughs> and uh, because we don't like those things when they come up in us, we don't like them. And we usually, uh, like, we could say it with our mouths that we were willing to do these things, but oftentimes we are not. And I, I know that I've I fall into that category sometimes. And I pray that I pray less and less that this happens. And uh, this is where like obedience comes in and being willing, just authentically willing to. to to deal with the things that God is, is presenting in front of us that needs to be worked on. So uh, here it says here, we do not want to change much, but just whitewash certain areas and live an acceptable life in society. Uh, even after coming to faith, such people think and decide based on worldly wisdom, which is not from God according to the word. We need to learn to live in front of God. Let us humble ourselves in the presence of God. So the next verse here in Second Corinthians nine eight, and a lot of it really is really similar to the the pa- uh, I was going to say the package, but no, the passage uh, that we've been learning in Second Peter, and here it is: uh, God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. So it's similar to what Peter wrote in the passages that we're learning. So remember how the paragraph opens up in verse three. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice that word, God has already given us everything you need for godly life. But when Peter told us in verse five and six to add to our faith diligence, virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, and godliness. These are the things we ought to add and strive for And, uh, you know, God does his part, and with his help, we can do our part, because we have a part to play, because, yeah, without him, we cannot do it. So godliness is what we are focusing on today, so another word for that would be, you know, Christ-likeness. So what is godliness? Godliness refers to—okay, I have it up there, okay— to uh, sacred awe or reverence exhibited especially in actions. It most literally means well-worship. It describes reverence or awe that is well-directed. Now, and to continue here, I have some, uh, some examples by Charles Spurgeon in his sermon on, form, on a form of godliness, offers several descriptions of true godliness, uh, first asking, what is that power? God himself is the power of godliness. He, uh, the Holy Spirit is the life and the force of it. And if you go to the next slide, we'll see a few examples here that I'll read off. There's a lot more, but I'm just gonna stick with these ones. Godliness is the power which brings a man to God and binds him to him. Right, godliness is that which creates repentance towards God and faith in him. Remember, because our, our flesh... Which, which is death, can only produce death. It does not produce life. It has to be God. It's God's work, God's power. Number three, godliness is the result of a great change of heart in reference to God and his character. Number four, godliness looks towards God and mourns its distance from him. Godliness hastens to draw nigh and rests not till it is at home with God. And it reminds me really of a, when I think of that Uh, There's a quote by Augustine. I don't have it up there, but, um, you know, he made us for himself, Mm -hmm. uh, and our hearts are forever restless until it rests in you, Mm -hmm. right? And that's really what it is. And uh, number five, godliness makes a man like God. Godliness leads a man to love God and to serve God. It brings the fear of God before his eyes and the love of God into his heart. Right? It's all God's work in us. It's all Christ in us. And again, we have all things in us when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. So it's simply becoming more like God every day. So if you want to know who God is like, study Jesus. If you want to know what God is thinking of or who he is like, study the life of Jesus. Because this is what Jesus did with everything he said and did was to reveal the Father, And, um, yes, in other words, we are to manifest and reveal Christ by what we say, do, and by who we are. And this must start with a right view of God. This is where it starts. So practicing authentic uh, Christianity starts with an accurate picture of God. How else are we supposed to know God if we are not in our word? How else are we supposed to know him and be conformed to him if we're not following Christ? I don't know what that is, but it might have been God speaking to us. Who knows? (laughs) I think he wants us to understand this today. (laughs) Yes. So furthermore, the scripture describes the process. And as we behold the glory of the Lord in his word, we are changed into his glorious image. That is, we are to find the likeness of Christ and are to look upon it and ponder it, gazing intently and lovingly upon it. And as we gaze, we are transformed and grow like Christ. So I'll give you this as an example. Uh, this is just something else to factor in. You know, we know, uh, we, know we all influence, uh, we know well the influence on our own natures of things we look upon familiarly and constantly. So just take this for example. The man is the camera, and with what, what that, I'm just using the camera as, as, as an example because I like, I like taking pictures, and anybody who follows me on Facebook or Instagram will see. Uh, like, I, I go out in nature and just sometimes spend hours just taking pictures of stuff, so... <laughs> I, I like doing that stuff, but like the camera, whenever you, when you, whenever you take a picture, it prints the picture onto the film, the old-school way, or, you, or the, the, digital, the, the memory bank in the camera. And uh, much like that, uh, that's precisely how the man is. That's precisely how we are in life. Everything that we see, uh, touch, like listen to, the people that we hang around with, all these things get imprinted on our soul. You know, like it's, that's why it says, you know, take heed who you hang around with because you'll be like them. You know, there's a lot of proverbs that warn you about the people that you spend your time with because those People, Those characters uh, which you choose to identify and live with, you'll be like them, that their, their character will be imprinted on your life. This is why we've we got to make uh, Christ our priority in everything that we do so that his life may be imprinted on us. So but it is true in a far higher sense of beholding of Christ, it is not merely a brief glance now and then that is here implied, not the turning uh, of the eye towards uh, him for a few hurried moments in the early morning or the late evening, but a constant loving and reverent beholding of him through days and years. And we have to be intentional with this, because we can sure be intentional when it comes to the shows that we watch. We can sure be intentionals when uh, intentional towards the things that, we want to do. When it's my time, which it's funny, I mean, we say my time, but it's really, it doesn't belong to us to begin with. You know, God created, like, the earth, the solar system, uh, so the galaxies, the universe, and everything in it belongs to him, right? So it's not our time to begin with. And it, it's, I even get caught up in saying, oh, my time can be impeded. Uh, but it's not really my time to begin with. Um, <clears throat> So little by little, the change, uh, wait a minute, but uh, yeah, so a constant loving and reverent beholding of him through days and years until the image burns itself upon the soul. If we thus train our heart's uh, eye to look at Christ, we shall be transformed into his image. So we cannot in a single day learn all the long, hard lessons of patience, meekness, unselfishness, humility, joy, and peace. Little by little, these changes come as long as we're willing and position ourselves in a place of obedience. And the beauty comes out as we continue to gaze upon Christ. Uh, little by little, the glory flows into our lives from the radiant face of the master and flows out again through our dull lives, transforming them. So do not be discouraged and don't give up when, the thing, when times get hard. Persevere in those times like we heard last week uh, with Doug because God has... <clears throat> He already has everything that you need to succeed. But God has a victory for that battle that you are facing right now. Whatever you're going through right now, persevere in God and he will reward you with something that is beyond our capability to understand. So the next step here in this process of becoming like Christ is to confirm our identity in him. So the next one here, yeah, confirm our identity in Christ. In the verse here, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good uh, deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. And I have this quote here, uh, the next slide, by C.S. Lewis. I've been reading a lot of C.S. Lewis lately. It's been great. Um, so people need to be reminded more often than they need to be instructed. The real job of every moral teacher is to keep on bringing us back time after time, the old, simple principles uh, to the old simple principles which we are also anxious not to see. It's really about reminding, again, like I was explaining uh, in our Bible study group on, on Thursday, we were just talking about that briefly. Or I mean, we have so many courses. There's so many things that is offered here for us to learn and to grow. Um, but at the end of the day, really, we need, to, it's, we need to remember who we are in Christ. And this is a daily thing because we will tend to forget fairly quickly. right? I even forget what I had for breakfast today. So I can just uh, imagine what we forget spiritually. I can just think, think of all the things that we forget about in our position in Christ and we wonder why we're we're going through discouragement, we're going through a battle. When those things happen, go back to the word, go back to the basic principles, go back to the cross, go back to Jesus, our source of strength, our source of comfort, our source of everything that we need. Go back to Jesus whenever those times happen. It's a continual remembrance. And if we have to uh, keep reminding each other a million times, let's do that a million times and another million times. So here, um, yeah, uh, I have one more verse, Second uh, Peter 1.10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. These are Peter's words, not my words, all right? So <laughs> Peter said these things, and he walked with Jesus. So um, uh, just in the next couple um, <clears throat> paragraphs here, I'm just gonna help us understand who we are in God and what we have in Christ and hopefully this will be uh, for the first time maybe some some people are hearing it for the first time and hopefully for those who have heard it before this will be just a strength a strengthening a renewal and a reminder of who we are in him so here we go so in Christ we are made an entirely new creation just as God created the heavens and the earth originally he made them out of nothing and so he does with us He does not merely clean up our old selves. He makes uh, an entirely new self. And when we are in Christ, we are partakers of the divine nature. God himself, in the person of his Holy Spirit, takes up residence in our hearts. We are in Christ and he is in us. In Christ, we are regenerated. We are renewed, born again, and this new creation is spiritually minded, whereas the old nature is carnally minded. The new nature nature fellowships with God, obeys his will, and is devoted to his service. These are actions that that our old nature is incapable of doing or even desiring to. Because again, like I stated before, I had no desire to seek the things of God because my nature is dead. It doesn't want the things of life. It, 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 just, it does not happen. It, it, it can't. These are actions the old nature is incapable of doing or even desiring. So the old nature is dead to the things of the spirit and cannot revive itself. If, uh, so it is dead in trespasses and sins and can only be made alive by a supernatural awakening, which happens when we come to Christ and uh, he indwells within us. So Christ gives us a completely new and holy nature and an incorruptible life. Our old life, previously dead to God because of sin, is buried, and we are raised to walk in newness of life with him. And if I continue here, we if we belong to Christ, we are united uh, to him and no longer slaves to sin. We are made alive in him. We are com- uh, conformed to his image. We are free from condemnation and walking not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We are part of the body of Christ with other believers. The believer now possesses a new heart and has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. So we might wonder why we often so, uh, so often not live in that manner described up above. But even though we have given our lives to Christ, and are sure of our salvation why is it that sometimes we have a hard time uh, to, to walk according to his word why is it that we are struggling and battling through so many things in our mind and, and have all kinds of conflicts around us why is it that we are having so many difficulties with that and let me remind you that again because even though we have this, uh, we are called new creations and we are truly made new we still have that old self within us And I'm going to try to give you the best answer that I possibly can in regards to that. So the old nature, I said this because our new natures are residing in our old fleshly bodies. And these two are at war with one another. The old nature is dead, but the new nature still um, has to battle the old tent in which it dwells in. So the flesh Evil and sin are still present, but the believer now sees them in a new perspective and they no longer control him as they once did. In Christ, we can now choose to resist sin. In him, whereas the old nature could not, now we have the choice to either feed the new nature through the word, prayer, and obedience or to feed the flesh by neglecting those things because we can easily go about our lives and neglect all the spiritual matters. I mean, if I if we were to just examine one week, what exactly are we doing in that week? Day to day, are we feeding the things of the flesh or are we feeding the things of the Spirit? Mm -hmm. Right, like, do I find myself in my word more? Do I find myself with more brothers and sisters encouraging? uh, Are we encouraging each other more? Like, all those things, I think we could all say that we could do those things more, but we got to understand that it's for our benefit. Uh, Because we can easily, again, uh, in the next week, I could... isolate, I could choose to watch endless amount of shows, I can choose to go out and do whatever, just nonsense stuff, and how is that gonna feed my soul? How is that gonna feed, how is that feeding your spirit? It's not, it doesn't, it won't feed your spirit whatsoever. So when we are in Christ, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and can rejoice in our savior who makes all things possible. In Christ we are loved, we're forgiven, and secure. In Christ, we are adopted, justified, redeemed, reconciled, and chosen. In Christ, we are victorious, filled with joy and peace, granted true meaning in life. How wonderful that is, honestly. <laughs> um, and the next part here, um, yeah, so, confirmed our identity it is part of Christ-likeness. The next part here, we are God's platform. When godly people walk this world, there's a heavenly glow that lingers from their influence. What people desperately need today is to see people who are in love with Christ, who follow Jesus, right? People long for authenticity today. They long for they long for something real, and we, we have what's real. We have Jesus. Jesus is the, the essence of truth, the essence of, uh, of life. God is our reason, our raison uh, d'être. We are the platform by which God proclaims his message, uh, message to the world, and we are his ambassadors. So if we look at the next verse here, Corinthians five twenty it says here, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. And just as Jesus was sent into the world, we are also called from the places we were and sent as ambassadors into the world. Because it doesn't just finish as salvation. You know, God as just as Jesus was sent into the world, we are also sent. There's like there again, there's there's warring factions between w- between light and darkness out there and there's a battle for like our souls in the battle for everybody else's soul around us, right? And we are, to, um, <clears throat> and we are invited into that, that work, that kingdom work that God has for us. So we do not want to miss the scriptural uh, theme of sentness because it defines so much of who God is, what he is doing, and who we are. Now the son builds the church by placing people in his kingdom. Jesus is building his church he said he would build his church, Matthew, uh, Matthew 16, but in Colossians he tells us this, and uh, the verse, I believe, is in the next slide. He has rescued us. Uh, nope, it's not, is it? <laughs> oh, there it is, yeah. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We are part of his kingdom now. And again, we have everything that Christ has, we have for our daily lives today. God is rescuing us, his people. Why? Because God is sending the church as agents of God's uh, God's kingdom in the world. And we do not plead with people from long distances. We are sent people. We are made in his likeness, Christ likeness, godliness, so that we can plead with them up close and personal. How else are they gonna see and witness God? Because again, For the vast majority of people in this world, the only Bible they will see is you, right? They will see, uh, and we are representatives, ambassadors. That's what an ambassador is, a representative of God, because it's his kingdom. Just like an ambassador is sent from country to country to represent their countries, we are ambassador of a heavenly country nation, right? And we are to represent God in everything that we do. So we are sent to serve and build relationships with others, to share the truths of the gospel with them. This is why we add to our faith godliness. And I just wanted to end with this here, this quote by Augustine. Nothing, whatever pertaining to godliness and real holiness can be accomplished without grace. God gives us grace for today. God, even though we, we fail and struggle on sometimes a daily basis, God's grace is sufficient. His mercies are new for us each and every day. You know, and whatever you are battling today, whatever uh, you're going through, just just be diligent in, in seeking and adding to your faith what you need, because it's, it's there for you to grab a hold of now. You know, whatever that battle, that struggle is, God wants to see you free from it. You know, so, that he can show his power, reveal his power to others because a lot of people in this world are in bondage. They're, they're, there's so much oppression around us and people need to see the power of God. They need to see that realness, that authentic Christian lives. We need to be that for other people, not just for ourselves. And uh, so yeah, just let us pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, uh, Lord, for this day, Lord Jesus. And I, I thank you for everybody that is here. Father God, I just pray for a deeper understanding of who you are in us, Lord God. I pray that you would help us as a body of believers, Lord Jesus, to run to you, God, during the day, and not not just when times are good, but when also, uh, but time, when times are good and times are bad. I just pray that you'd help us, God, to be a people, Lord, who will be surrendered to you, Lord Jesus, that will obey when you speak to us, Lord Jesus, so that we may effectuate just change and and show your power, reveal your power to others around us, Lord God. Pray that you press it upon us, Lord, that we continue to add to our faith all these things that we have, we've heard about in this series, Lord Jesus, and just strengthen us, God. Continue to, to um, uh, make us and turn us uh, light, uh, into Christ, Lord Jesus. And I thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.